since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too good to be true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains, like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Audrey's back. Oh my God. I said that like it was like a, a New York accent. <laughs> Audrey. Like, Audrey. She's Audrey's, Audrey's back on the, on the pod. She's back on the pod and she's going to talk about sobriety and social situations. Okay. First of all, I don't think you haven't been back on the main pod since you shared yes. your story, right? So how does it feel to have thousands of women hear your story? Oh, well, when you say it like that, I'll just start immediately sweating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I felt so good after doing the podcast. It was great. And it was just so well received. And when I say it was so great, meaning like the experience, I never wanted to come off as like, yeah, I'm amazing. <laughs> 
Okay, first of all, you are amazing. (laughs) And I think that this is the perfect topic. So right before we started recording, you were like, okay, so what are we going to talk about? And I said, we're going to talk about kind of just a social aspect of sobriety and like when to come out, right? And like, when do we start to talk about our sobriety and really be proud of it and not this anonymity bullshit that we've been taught that sobriety is something to be ashamed of and like we shouldn't talk about it. And you were like, well, I'm kind of the worst one to do this because I haven't done that. But you have done that just on a different level. And I think you sharing your story and the feelings that you got after you shared your story on the podcast is exactly what I'm talking about when I say there's freedom on the other side of being so honest and proud of sharing our stories. And you're right, because it was this liberating feeling of like, okay, I've put the thoughts out there of how I feel about the whole thing. So it did feel really good, but it was going to an audience of people who wanted to hear it. So there's a layer of complexity when it's going to friends and people who it might not be so well received. So this is kind of my easing into the coming out party of sobriety. So yes, I'm kind of walking in this weird line that is getting to be uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot in there because you're so right. Like, I think that we have to know our audience, right? And like how safe they are. I know like safe space, like this is a safe space. That sounds so corny, but you really do. You're not going to open up to somebody at a party to like an acquaintance and you're not going to read them a page of your journal, right? But I'm so glad you read us a page of your journal. You guys, if you did not listen to Audrey's episode, go back. We'll link it in the show notes and listen to it. I mean, it's knowing how much to say based on who you're talking to. But then also, man, there comes a time when telling your story and owning our sobriety stories and not hiding behind this, you know, like I'm on antibiotics or I'm just doing Sober October or I don't know, I'm just not drinking today. There comes a time when that does start to feel just not great and like sticky. I always say sticky because it just feels like, okay, yes, I could say that, but it's starting to just feel maybe limiting. And there comes a point when that is more important than how it's going to be received, right? Yes. And I I think a lot of us were people pleasers. I don't think, I don't know if I'm a people pleaser. (laughs) I don't know. In this space so far, I, I do not think you're a people pleaser because you're very much like tunnel vision to your mission. So you're you're kind of at the point of like, I don't really care as much what other people think. Yeah. Like, this is my <laughs> yeah, goal in a good way. I mean, I think people pleasing, when we talk about it on the calls and stuff, it comes out as kind of a negative because you lose yourself in doing that. Yeah. And we want to walk proudly in our sobriety, but it's really hard to do that if we're also trying to take care of the people around us and how they're going to react to our sobriety. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think you can do both. Yes. Because you end up where I am sitting now is kind of leading this double life again. And that's where it comes up often on Mm. the calls. Like when I was drinking, I was leading a double life and like I was hiding or, you know, like all of these traits and characteristics. Now it's kind of, I'm towing that line in sobriety of like still like poking out every once in a while, but 
Yeah, it's kind of, I feel like I'm not being fully authentic. And I mean, it is in the form of social media is what is where, like, I'll tell people when I'm out with them, like, I have no problem person to person, but like putting out that blanket statement, and I know you're always like, you don't need to make a big proclamation, but by not doing so, I feel like I am still kind of in hiding. Well, first of all, let's talk about why we feel that why we feel the need and why sobriety has been stigmatized so much is Alcoholics Anonymous, right? We say AA and I think a lot of times we forget that like one of their tenants is like things that are said in the room, stay in the room. Like this is not for people. We don't go out and talk about our sobriety. We are anonymous and that's always, always turned me off. And I think I go back to like when, I guess when I like came out in my sobriety, it was June, right? And so I stopped drinking like January. Okay, so, so six June. months. And I know it was COVID, but still. So my story is a little bit different because it was COVID. And so I didn't have to like, there was nothing social going on, right? I, I didn't have to answer all of these like forever questions and I didn't have, to, I didn't have social pressures, But I think that was very important because when I didn't have that noise around me and I could really just focus on like my mission and figuring everything out kind of as much as I could figure out in five months. Also, when I created the Sober Mom Life Instagram account in June, I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel like I had all of my questions answered and that I would be like, cool, Here's my, you know, sobriety manifesto. I always say start before Mm -hmm. you're ready. You don't wait until the product's perfect to release it. Done is better than perfect, right? You, You release it and then you can figure that stuff out. And I think that so much of that you can apply to coming out in sobriety. I just don't know if you're ever gonna feel ready. But I also know that the freedom on the other side of really, really standing in your truth and what you know so far, it becomes less of a choice and more of an identity after you kind of proclaim your sobriety and announce it and like, yeah. How does that make you feel? Are you sweating? If you have to ask, you already know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, it makes total sense. It's so funny how we're just still have that feeling of judgment. Like you just wonder and it's like, okay, I have a thousand friends that I'm going to proclaim this to. So it's like some of them, some I know I will help like by seeing that I'm living this full life and like that nothing has changed on the social media, like from what they would normally see like, oh, wow. Okay. So I think that's where I think I feel the most obligation is that I could be helpful to someone. But the rest, it is going to be like, I'm not that close to a thousand people, obviously. So it's like, they're going to probably jump to their own conclusions. And I'm just going to have to let that happen. And I know how you talk about being misunderstood and how you hate it. And that's kind of what it is. Like, I don't want it to be misunderstood. But I do want to be my true self, because that's been the whole point and the whole realization over the past 14 months is being honest with myself, having deeper connections and truthful relationships with other people. And yeah, by just kind of glossing over something so big, it does feel like it needs to be addressed. But yeah, just it's hard telling the truth sometimes when you're just it's scary, but you're right. You just gotta sometimes just do it. 
Yes, like being misunderstood. I don't know. I always feel like clear. And we talk about, I think with Laura Tremaine, we talked about this, like clear is kind, right? And so like when you kind of take that into your hands, you get to own your story and you get to tell it the way you want it to be told. And I think social media is the best at this because it's like a text, right? It's going to be very clear what you write. You get to do a draft. That's why my husband and I, sometimes we argue when we're arguing, we will take (laughs) it to the text. It's good for us. Because we can see, you know, there's no more like, yeah, you said that. Like, no, you said that. Like, no, I didn't. It's like, no, 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 scroll (laughs) up so you can revisit, (laughs) right? Which it holds you accountable then to be like, oh, shit, I did say that, right? And there's a lot less. I mean, you just get to own it more and you get to control the narrative. And so I think that like doing a social media post or something where you get to control the narrative and it's a one-sided conversation. That's the good thing about it, right? And if you're afraid of the questions and like what people are going to think and their reactions, like this kind of takes that all out of it where it's like, hey, here's what I've been working on the last year plus. My story was was this or was not this, but this is what I'm feeling now and whatever it is and whatever you want to say – I think social media is kind of like the easiest place to come out and say it because you don't have that other noise of like, oh, really? Wait, you are? You're sober? Like, you don't have that. You cut it off. One of our friends in the group always talks about how she sent a text like to, you know, her close friends before a social event. And I think that that's a really good way to do it if you don't know how to start. And like if you're kind of confused and like you don't want to have to answer a million questions about it. So yes, two parts. So people who have like they'll post on the Facebook group like I came out like I here's what I wrote on my Facebook page. I love reading those. And their feedback that they get from their friend group is incredibly supportive. So it ends up being like this amazing uplifting experience I haven't heard one person who's been like trolling on that post, right? Because it ends up being like someone you relatively care about for the most part. So yeah, so supportive. And then yes, with the blanket texting, that really helped her in that situation to set expectations and have it out there so she could avoid that discomfort on the spot, which I think is what a lot of people fear going to social things. My first bit of advice would be to be a hermit for a little while, right? Like you had your five months, which was like such a gift. Like anybody who got sober in COVID had this beautiful built-in excuse, (laughs) maybe not beautiful, but a fortunate, (laughs) um, opportunity to be able to stabilize yourself with your sobriety before having to face those situations. But yeah, it just seems like everybody's that's their like, uh, like, take your time to get back out there, say no, which is in essence, like listening to yourself. So you don't put yourself there have been people who have pushed it too early, and then they end up falling back into it, which how effed up is it, by the way, that we still have to deal with peer pressure like in our 40s. I'm like, it's still the problem. It's like, oh, just one, you know, but it's so dangerous. I know. It's so dangerous. And sometimes we do put that on ourselves too, as like, you know, I just want to prove, I want to prove 
to myself or to my friends that I'm still quote unquote yeah. fun, right? Like I just have to prove it or my sobriety is not real and it's not real until it's tested and I have to test it because if it doesn't withstand this test, then I don't think I'm really sober and that it could not be further from the truth. You know, if you think about the, you know, the newborn sobriety and it's like a newborn baby, you're not going to like put your newborn baby on the ground and try to have them walk. And if they can't, if they don't pass the test, then they'll never walk. That sounds insane. And like, don't do that because that would be awful <laughs> if you tried to make your newborn baby walk. Oh my God. Do you remember Allie McBeal? Yes. <laughs> Wait. Do you remember that? Do you remember the creepy dancing yes. baby? Yes, I just got this feeling. Yeah, and he's just yes. taking his diaper and yeah. Yes, it would be like that. Oh my god, don't gosh, no. Don't be the creepy dancing baby. Yeah. We don't test our kids like that to reach milestones. And like if they don't reach it, then they're not going to. And we don't make our children prove to us that they can be able to do this. Like that's just insane. And so we have to extend ourselves that same grace of like if you're not going to be ready to socialize and to test yourself right away and you don't have to. That's the whole point. Like as time goes on and as you experience things in sobriety and as you learn more about yourself and as you heal and as you rest and as you look at how you've used alcohol, you build all of those muscles that are going to help you be capable to, you know, at first maybe just survive some social situations and then eventually thrive. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Don't be the Allie McBeal dancing baby. Don't. In early sobriety. <laughs> Don't. Or ever, really, because it's the creepiest thing. Like, when was that a good idea? Yeah, like, how did they get there? Yeah. I know. Like, you know what this show needs? A creepy dancing baby. <laughs> like, oh, obviously. It's, it's a show about lawyers. And then also, like, when you said when when people, you know, do finally kind of proclaim their sobriety or however they do it, if it's in, on social media or whatever – you don't hear that that was like, oh my God, I got so much hate and everybody right. hated on me. It was awful. And like we it was horrible and I got zero <laughs> support. Like we are really, really bad at predicting, right? I always am gonna worry about the worst case scenario. That's just not generally the case. Because we don't worry about we're not like, oh God, okay, so I'm going to this party. I have a Halloween party coming up and you know, I'm so worried that if I tell this group of five friends or whatever that I've been sober and that I'm exploring an alcohol-free life, I'm really worried that they're going to support me and just envelop me with love. <laughs> like, no, we don't. We don't worry about that. We, we worry about like, oh my God, I think that they're going to judge me and I think they're going to think I'm not any fun and I think they're never going to invite me to anything again. Yes. <laughs> right? That's just where you can't help it. Your insecurities are just always right there at the surface for you. But yes, nine times out of 10, I feel like it ends up being just fine. Like we worried more than we needed to about it. I don't know. Like for me, time passing has been so helpful. Like I remember last year in December, like New Year's, I was like, I cannot wait for it to be 2023 because then I can be like, 
oh, I quit drinking last year. Like to be able to minimize yes. it. <laughs> I remember saying that on a call and I felt like people were like, what? It just seems so silly. But I was just like, oh, I can just like, that was, that was so 2022, you know? <laughs> like, Alcohol was so last year. So I don't know. Like I think just everybody has their own it's very unique to each person as far as when, when they feel ready. But I agree. You do not want to let it still be entrapped in like shame. If we keep it a secret, live the double life or whatever it is, you're still kind of holding back or holding on to some of the shame. So I I do agree with that. Yeah. You're holding on to some of the shame without meaning to, and you're also telling yourself subconsciously, like this might be a decision I have to wake up and and decide whether or not I want to do this every day. Right. So it might be like a fallback of like, ah, even if you, you're finding freedom in sobriety, you don't miss alcohol by kind of hiding behind the NA can and a koozie or, oh, I'm just taking a break or I'm on antibiotics or letting people speculate if you're pregnant. All of these things that, first of all, we do do those in early sobriety, right? So I'm not saying like that there's never a space for those, but those kind of tricks, when they start to feel not great, And like, oh, maybe I don't want to have to answer my friend's questions every time. Maybe I just want to make a blanket statement of, hey, guys, like not only am I not drinking this party, like I don't miss alcohol. And yes, you will probably get the forever question. That's just what people ask. And I think that it's really important to slow down And first of all, not get caught up in the fear of forever because we don't have to answer forever about literally anything else. Well, and how do you know you've succeeded forever? You're dead. Yes. (laughs) I made it. (laughs) Yeah. When are you finally going to feel settled in sobriety? Right. You're setting yourself up. Yeah. If you have to answer about forever, okay. Like, so then you will never feel settled. And like you will never be able to own your sobriety until you can answer forever. Yeah, because when you when you've mastered forever, unfortunately, yes, you're dead. And then we will celebrate and say, you know what? She did do forever. She did. Had a girl. I wish she would have known. <laughs> <laughs> but until now, we questioned. We were going to question the hell out of her. Well, I will say like what I, when I have been faced with that question, I just said, I think so. It's going really well for me, you know, and just like kind of dodging it, but also telling the truth, you know? So it's like, maybe not, maybe just like, yeah, forever is a really tough, but it's so common. Like that's just the next question. It's just such a fucked up thing. Okay. If a friend is saying, is this forever? Like what? That is really completely about their relationship with alcohol. If someone is saying, is this forever? In their mind, they're thinking, holy shit, I can't imagine never drinking alcohol again. I can't even fathom that, right? And probably you and I were once there. And so we could really understand like, oh, I know where you're coming from you're thinking about your relationship with alcohol, but your relationship is no longer what my relationship with alcohol looks like. And so the idea of forever doesn't scare me in the least. Am I never going to smoke a cigarette again? Yeah. I mean, I hope not. I 
I don't want to. Why would I? Right. And so it's the same answer to alcohol. Am I never going to drink again? I definitely don't want to. They're not at the point that they can even fathom. Right. And that's where we were. Right. Right. And it was so scary. Yes. And it was so scary. And they just, they are still in the mindset of if you are not drinking alcohol, you're missing out. Right. And when that shifts, that question and that idea of forever is just not, first of all, I, I don't think about it. It's not this thing that I feel like I have to answer. They're just not there yet. I think if we can separate when someone asks that question or like one of our one of our ladies in our group her friend said like is this an official thing <laughs> which i think is so funny like i have a badge yeah. and then i was like ooh can we make badges or <laughs> should we make cards should we right we'll have like, like a oh, lanyard it and it's got like a barcode <laughs> Totally. And then when someone says, is this official? You could be like, I am so glad you asked. I am an official card carrying alcohol free (laughs) sober mom. (laughs) I am so glad you asked. I want someone to ask me that. But it's just them coming from their mindset of that they can't fathom a full life without alcohol. And they're not there yet. And it's okay if they're not there yet and they might not get there. You, though, are on the other side of it. And so you, we can, I think, have some compassion for them. And they're not trying to kind of pressure us into drinking. They're just really dumbfounded. And like, really? Like, I can't even imagine. And then, I mean, I kind of look at it as like a cult. And I'm like, I know. You're still in it. And I was there too. And it's not a weakness in you that you're still in it because everything is telling you alcohol is the answer, right? Right. We have to remind ourselves that they aren't where we are and and that that's okay. Exactly. So they were, they're scared like we were in the beginning at the thought of never drinking. Yeah. Like that's anybody who I didn't, yeah, who didn't drink back in the day when I was in my drinking years, that was like crazy talk, right? (laughs) Right. So that, yes, if I had to think about forever back then, that would have been like super scary. But then like, it's also such a change in your relationship. That's just, it can't be helped because big alcohol, your relationships, you're going out, you're having fun. When you see these people is typically when you were drinking, like forever, we don't ever get to like toast Prosecco when we get our nails done again. You know, like there is a little bit of that mourning because you've taken a decision, made a decision to change the friendship a little bit, which it's about you, which it needs to be, but it also does affect people who aren't quite there yet. So I do have compassion for that. And I think that's where I feel a little uncomfortable just because I know that I'm changing things. And certainly with my family life too, that's been something that it's like, okay, here's this new elephant in the room that has never been here before. Like, actually quite the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. We're all thick as thieves. So like, it's a huge change and it's a lot for somebody to swallow. So I do think like that's where the Facebook or the long explanation can help them see where you're coming from of like, okay, this is why you're doing this. But honestly, my easiest go-to answer when I just want to get it out there is that alcohol is making motherhood harder for me and that it's hard enough. People can't argue with that. Like, right. oh no, drink this. Make it harder on yourself. Like, it's freaking hard enough. And that's a great one too, because that might have a little light bulb go off. And it's like, 
oh, holy shit. Because I think a lot of moms haven't thought about that before. It's like, wait, holy shit, does wine make motherhood harder? Like, is that a thing? Right? And then that's such a good way to just be like, yeah, no one's going to say like, I mean, come on. No, it doesn't. And, and like if they do, like if there are people – because I've definitely – I've had less than ideal responses to my sobriety, right? And going into like a conversation or a party or a gathering, I know the people who are going to kind of brush up against this and not feel great about it. And those are the people who I have seen – drunk, wasted. I have seen their complicated relationship with alcohol, like up close. And so I just then again, know that it's just all about them and that they're not here yet. And that that's okay. Right. It's the mirror. It's definitely always a mirror up to themselves. Okay. So wait, was this acquaintances? Like not your actual close friends? Right. You know, and I don't think I was prepared for how many acquaintances there are in motherhood. Yeah. Right. And every year it changes. Like, if you're an introvert and kind of like socially awkward, like I am. <laughs> you can speak for both of us. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> like we are. But like a new class, and I don't know about you, but like in our town, like, so I have two elementary school age kids. Both girls have new classmates every year and they don't stay with the same class. And so that's a lot. And that's a lot for them to deal with as far as like social, like, okay, do they have a buddy in there and then making new friends? Yeah. But that's also a lot for moms who it's like, okay, shit. Now we have this new crop, right? And and I might know a few of them, but I'm like, oh my God, I just, literally, I just got comfortable with the last crop. Oh my God, the crops. Oh my God, that's hilarious. A new crop. Like, the new season, new people. We got some corn cobs. <laughs> wait, wait, did I just show my Wisconsin? Is that I what you're saying? so. That sounded very I, Midwestern. <laughs> Literally, I couldn't tell you what a crop. I've been on like a farm in my <laughs> my entire life. Breaking news: I am not a farm girl, but like it's like the meet the moms night, and like I'm like, oh my god, I just was getting like to a point where I wasn't feeling completely awkward with the last group of moms. Yeah. Now we have a new one, right? And so I do think that like like you were saying with connection too. I just don't think you know how great connection can be and what how deep and like almost instant connection can be without alcohol until you're in it and until you have friends who don't drink alcohol. And so like the friends who still drink alcohol, to them, us being sober means I think it means like, damn, we're I'm gonna miss out on the connection. Right, like they think we're no, we're no longer going to be able to get drunk and then pour our hearts out. When really, like you can pour your heart out in sobriety, and and it means so much more. Oh, for sure. And you don't do it to a stranger, right. and you don't wake up wondering which life story you told. <laughs> exactly. It's so funny because what I notice is sobriety, like I just hate small talk, just in general. I'll go deep, right. And I would do that when I was drinking too, although there was such shame attached to it because I assumed it was the wine, right? And so then I was like, oh my God, how could I have shared that? And now in sobriety, 
I kind of share the same things and I probably even more, but I, there's no shame. It's just like, oh, look at you being vulnerable. Good job. Yes. Well, it's all, it all comes back to confidence and trust in yourself. So like yes. those are the new pillars of your life. So you trust yourself with what you're saying. Sometimes, yeah, I still overshare and I'm like, yeah, well, that was how I was feeling in that moment. And it's, there's no other thought to it, which is where the anxiety and the shame spiraling constantly came from was just like, oh, I did X or said X. So let me just revamp what just happened over the past. What happened that whole night? And what did I do wrong? And what else did I say? Whereas this is, yeah, if you say something or make a mistake or whatever, oh, that's me. Like, whoops. You know, it's just that is underestimated of like the mental just relief that you get from that. So totally. It's the difference between guilt and shame too, right? Like I could overshare something if I tell like my husband's story and I was like, oh, whoops, that wasn't my story to tell. That's just that I feel guilty, right? And then I'm like, oh, let me tell you, I probably said too much there. But it's not this like inner voice of saying, God, how could you? What is wrong with you? Like, how could you have let that happen again? It's not that. That Mm -hmm. voice is gone, which is like the best feeling. Yes. I think shame is like the worst thing to feel. So if shame is the hardest thing for me to feel, like the lack of shame and the absence of shame is the sweetest. Yes. It's so rewarding. I mean, that just... (laughs) That's it right there. Going back to your connections, I agree so much, like with just kind of diving in, especially in the sobriety space. So like on our Zoom calls, we just get right in there and I love it. And it's just, you leave those meetings feeling just connected. I mean, you really are like every sense of the word. And you're just, I said it the other day, I just feel lighter and brighter coming out of those calls. It's not this like let's unpack all of our trauma, but we may, you know, but then you leave feeling like you've been heard, you've been supported. So it's just all those things that take you to the next level. And like when I have the sober mom meetups too, it's like some of these ladies show up that I've never met before. And we do end up like getting into their trauma. How many years of friendship did they have with other people when they were drinking that they never shared that with? So the vulnerability and just openness to just, yeah, just be willing to connect and you, you leave, you can have a five minute conversation that is more productive than five hours of out at a bar drinking. And some of those friends, I've kind of repurposed my friendships too, where I have done like the going to bars and restaurants in the nighttime hangouts, but like a lot of them now I try to get coffee with my best girlfriend who does still drink and she's great, but, um, yeah, we'll get coffee. And then we just have a two hour. It's well, before I go pick up my kid, we just get into it and there's no alcohol involved. And my relationships now with my closest friends, cause less is more at this stage of my life. So I have a few friends and I've just decided I am in it with them and I'm invested in them. And I remember what they tell me and details about their job that I normally, you know, I was drinking and worried about what I was going to say next instead of like hearing them and remembering what day they're starting their job and like being able to just be a better friend. Like these type of friendships I want to pour myself into in a different way. So I think the more I think back to the way I drank and, those years that I drank, like there was the time and the place. And so now like I'm 40, I'm almost 41. 
catching up to you. Wait, when is it? September 26th. Big four one, okay, okay. and I will not have a one man band <laughs> at my birthday <laughs> this year. <laughs> if you haven't listened That's to the last right. episode, treat yourself because I really, uh, I really dove into it there. Oh my god! But yeah, just the friendships are special, and they mean more, and they're not something I'm going to forget. You know, like there was just so so many conversations that were just wasted. And I know we want to do like a wasted episode just because that word really, there was so much wasted like time and some friendships fell apart because of my drinking. Like I wasn't that great of a friend. If you didn't want to go out and drink, I probably wasn't a very great friend from a supportive standpoint, which again, if you're in your twenties, you're kind of self-absorbed. Like a lot of, I do give myself a pass for some of that, but yeah, it's just, I want to be a better friend now to fewer people. (laughs) I want to be a better friend to like two of you. (laughs) I have capacity for two people. Yes. No, it's so true. Like I have, I think there's like five or six of us sober moms who live near me and we we try to meet up like once a month. And it's amazing. Like I ran into one last night at like pickup and there's just this like connection where you just like we were passing each other. We just hug each other because we have seen each other. We know each other's stories. There's like respect and love and connection with that person. Like, I don't know, just like all of these busy moms that pick up, right? And I know most of them on a like, hi, how are you? Our kids were together and it's cordial and it's fine. And then I see this face, right? Who feels like very much in my orbit and in my group. And like, there's just a connection. And then we're just like hugging on our way past. So how did these five women come about? Yeah, it's so funny because one of us actually, we share a fence. Like she's like literally in my backyard. And, you know, guys, I'm just not, I'm just never going to be the neighbor who's like, hey, neighbor, come on over. You know, yeah, like, (laughs) hey, come on. What are you doing? Nothing. Come over. You know, I just, I am not like if my door, I shared on Instagram stories the other day that I have, I literally called the cops one time on a Girl Scout. (laughs) Oh, boy. She, this is before kids, before marriage, she would not stop ringing the doorbell or no, she was knocking, you know, burglars obviously are going to knock. And they're obviously going to be like five. (laughs) No, I didn't see her. (laughs) I did. Because you know, if you are this kind of person that when the doorbell rings, you run and hide and you, like, you're not going to look through the window and be like, (laughs) you know, like fear getting caught that you're home. Like, no, no, no. I was like hiding. And then she was like the most relentless Girl Scout, I swear to God. And so then Russell wasn't home. And so I called the cops. I was like, someone is not like, they're like pounding the door down. And they were like, okay, we'll be right there. So they scoped it out. They're like, no, I mean, we don't see anything, right? (laughs) They checked all the entrances and the exits. And then Russell comes home like half an hour later. And then knocking begins again and he like a psycho goes to answer the door like and he doesn't hide and it's a girl scout (laughs) she's like 11 and then Russ is like Suze she said she was just here like half an hour ago why didn't you (laughs) 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 and this is before we were married so he obviously didn't know how paranoid I was and I was like oh okay I just called the cops on a girl scout (laughs) 
That is a great (laughs) nugget of a story. Wow. Oh, my God. So anyway, of course, I'm not going to know the neighbor who I share a fence with. One of them I've known for a long time. I also didn't know that she stopped drinking because I was still drinking. She stopped drinking in her 20s, and we are probably the closest. And then it's like neighbors. You guys, we all live with like a stone's throw of each other. One was in the Facebook group, and then we just – once it starts that little inkling of like, you don't drink? (gasps) you don't drink either? Like, oh my God. Well, obviously we have to like get together because this is very rare and it feels very special. And yeah. And so we just try to do it every month, maybe a few times a month, coffee. Like today we're going to go for coffee and then walk to the beach. That's awesome. Okay. So you do have your in IRL sober friends. It takes a long time though. Like I always say don't discount the online friends. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like totally. you and I, like you guys have never even met this chick. <laughs> she seems sketchy. <laughs> she seems sketchy. Don't discount online and that way leads on to way and then you can meet up and then you can, you know, like, and that's why we created the Sober Mom Life Cafe. Like just so that, especially if you don't have a network, which you probably don't have a network in real life of sober, sober, curious moms. Like that's probably not something a lot of us have. And so, yeah, just to be able to like meet on Zoom like four times a week and book club and chat all day long. And they do. Like even I was thinking about this last night, myself and other women who got sober around the same time, they are on the calls almost every single call. They're on four calls a week. Like first of all, we're talking to each other I'm pretty confident, much more than we are our friends, right? So, like, I talk yes. to you multiple hours a week. Like, that's crazy. Not to mention, like, phone calls and texts throughout the day. Like, every day, all throughout the day, we're just... Yeah, we are always yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Always on friendship. I'm just... It's an elaborate catfishing, as we've discussed before. This is... <laughs> Wait. So, when I meet you... Actually, it was reversed. You told me that you were a 56-year-old man. (laughs) (laughs) When we first started, like, I think it was when I had to Venmo you or something, you were like, I'm actually a 56-year-old man who lives with his mom in the basement. Oh, my God. But... These women are very confident in their sobriety, but they are showing up because we are friends. Like we stayed on yes. 40, and this is not the norm, but like we stayed on 40 minutes extra last night just to like chat and like it's friendship. So that's why I yes. think people don't understand when it's just like the Sober Mom Life Cafe, like we have Zoom meets, like these are become your friends. And it's yes. so nice to have a group of people who are supporting you. And I also think once you do get out of early sobriety, Coming back as someone who's a little bit tenured, if you will, with a year, I mean, the experience and the wisdom that comes into those calls is so helpful for those just starting out, but it's also helpful. It's just like such a win, 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 win all across the board because I learn something new every time. I go back to the, those day ones and those struggles and those, those slips and everything that's happened. Like it brings you right back. It humbles you and it, It just reminds you of how far you've come, but then you also are able to share the wisdom of what you've learned along the way and what to do or what maybe not to do, or just 
even like this, like the social situations, like, okay, well, this is what I did. This worked, this didn't. So all of these pieces that you can bring and share, I guess my point was they don't need to be on these calls four times a week, but they are because this is our, we're friends now. And like, I know how many kids they have and when they start school and like you do build these relationships online and they're real and you can make them IRL as well. You know, like we're doing, there's no like stigma of online friendships anymore. Like it's just commonplace because you're going to find people that you just aren't going to find in your immediate area. Like this just is a beautiful filtering process of like, here are people who are like-minded and it's hard enough to meet friends in your thirties and forties. So that's the thing too. Cause like we're all moms and we're all either working outside of the home, working inside of the home, raising our children. Like, and motherhood is fucking lonely. Whether you're working or not, we're all working because it's damn hard and it's lonely. Like, it is lonely. And just to have that connection and to like have like people talking with you and you're mm-hmm. connecting over Zoom, I'm in my closet and I get to connect with women all the time. Like, and Okay, there's I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out a study. <laughs> what I say, I'm gonna pull it out. I mean, I'm gonna give you some really wrong, wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna pull it out of my ass because it's not gonna be right. And you guys are for sure gonna have to go Google. But they said something about loneliness is something like smoking 17 cigarettes a day. Like that's how bad it is for your health. Like I said, look it up. Do your own research. Don't come here for research. <laughs> Do your own. Ask Jeeves. But loneliness is horrible for us. And so it's the, yes, it's the connection. It's the new epidemic, isn't it? Isn't loneliness? Like there are studies about that, that that's the newest, like, but also, okay, so you're saying parenthood, motherhood is lonely. Sobriety is lonely. So it's like you are layering on very, yes, the kind of like double whammy. Yeah. Like dangerous mental health territory. So I really do like, obviously I post about it all the time at the cafe, but like, I just can't sing its praises enough because I think it just helps on every aspect as far as it keeps you accountable. It gives you people to talk to and bounce ideas off of and people that understand exactly where you're coming from. Like one of the ladies last night, I was like, okay, clearly I'm going to let you talk first because somebody brought up like one of their issues and she was nodding so much. I thought her (laughs) neck was going to break. I'm like, okay, you're going first. (laughs) I know you're listening. So she'll be laughing, but yeah, it's just like, we all get it and we have things to share and say and support at the end of the day. So if you're on the fence, like the Facebook page is amazing and I read it all day long, truly. Thank but God. Thank you, taking- Audrey, for taking that over. <laughs> I am no longer taking that next it. step and being in this community. It really yeah. does. It zeroes right in on most likely what you're going for as far as yeah. trying to meet people who are, are like you, support you, and you can support them. It's just, it is just the best gift that keeps on giving over there. Yes. So. And this, this wasn't even meant to be a, a cafe commercial, but I like it. I can't help it because I just, it is a huge piece of so many success stories. It truly is. And just a reminder, like if AA, because I think AA does provide that for a lot of people and that's why they like it. But if AA is not for you, that's why I created this. So it isn't the AA talk. It isn't the AA speak. There's none of that. And there's no shame, no judgment, no labels. Like we just, it's not that kind of party. So yes, if you're looking for something else, 
And it's so It's fun. not sad. You know, I mean, we, we've no, cried. Yeah, well, I've we cried. Cry. You've cried. We've definitely yeah. all had our moments. But, like, it's also just fun and funny. And the more you get to know people, it's just, like, there are some characters in there. Like, I'm trying not to name drop. But, man, there are just <laughs> so many. Just, like, it's yes. such a fun group of like we talk about how like if we had all met back in our day like the world wouldn't have been able to handle it (laughs) (laughs) totally yes it will definitely show you that sobriety is not boring sobriety is so colorful and funny and there's levity yeah and joy and yes it's a force to be reckoned with this group i tell you what once you're sober sober woman we can we're gonna do the people are doing big things in that group like coming up with new companies and just yes. i've read that before too where you just once you take alcohol out of the picture your pro- productivity is just through the roof like i always say there's nothing more powerful than a sober woman who knows what she wants and knows what she needs and that's what happens and that's what that group is made up of and also loving and Yes. Like, oh, we love it. Okay. Let's end with a handful of examples of things that people can say when it's at a party and not the long kind of like text form or social media form telling your story, but like what are some good ways to step into our sobriety, own it as our identity, and what can we say to people so that they know we're thriving and we are not drinking? Okay. Um, so the first one was, it was making motherhood, parenthood, whatever you want to say. It was just making things harder for me. I love that. The second one I would say was my anxiety was getting really out of control. And I try, I decided to try to cut alcohol and it made a huge difference. And that's true. Yes. So that's not just like some one liner. My anxiety is like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, the difference. I love that because I don't know a woman who doesn't struggle with anxiety. Right. And I also know that we don't draw the line between alcohol and anxiety a lot of times. So, yes, that is huge. And no one's these are these are things that no one's going to argue with. Right. And that's what I've tried to do. To try to come up with these ones that are kind of like shut it down a little bit while also just kind of like giving them an, a taste of like why. So, yes. I like to say I outgrew alcohol. Like it became very clear that I outgrew alcohol. Mm. Yeah. Like that's the, I was it's not serving me anymore type idea. Yes. Yes. And then like for a humorous one on Facebook, this was a hit because I said I used up all my drink tickets. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> so totally. I feel like being silly. Well, you could, you could say like, well, it started as a break, but now I just have realized that sobriety is super badass, you mm-hmm. know, and like just kind of. Like say, like, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was just a break, but then it was so great that I was like, oh, I can't imagine going back. Right. And that's where a little time can help you too. So yes. Yeah. And just be like, it's the new thing. So I'm just like, yeah. Trendsetter. (laughs) That's right. Oh my God. Well, I love this and I love you. And thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. (laughs) And then next time let's talk about uh, your family. Oh, good. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's just unpack the big like, guns. Oh, good. Oh, good. No, I have. Okay. Yeah, I have so many other things I'd love to dive into. So you have a really good. You guys, this is this is a teaser for next time. Audrey has a really good analogy metaphor thing that she's going to share with us. Oh, you're just trusting time. me. You don't even know what it is. <laughs> no, I do know what it is. You're forgetting that you sent me a voice note. Oh, it's a different one. 
Oh, she has she has more. many. I have more. She has more. <laughs> she has she's a, a bottomless well. I told you, I think about sobriety a lot. It is always spinning up there now, so stay tuned. You're a sobriety influencer now, whether you like it or not. That's another reason why coming out is going to be like, not only did I quit drinking, but I am working. <laughs> oh my God. You're you're not drinking like it's your job. Right. I'm in too deep. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> now you're on the other side of the gulf. Oh, Thanks. Bye. Love you. Thanks. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. How does it feel to have thousands of women hear your story? Oh, well, when you say it like that, I'll just start immediately sweating. <laughs> I wore that like 0% aluminum stuff today too. It's not the good stuff. So this. No, no, no. It's horrible. I need you to stop doing that. I find my. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay. I went on a natural deodorant. (laughs) It was was a quest almost as big as my sobriety quest that I was like, you know what? Apparently, we're not supposed to have aluminum near our armpits because of our lymph nodes or something, right? And so I was like, fine. I'm, you know, yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to find, no, none of them work. No, like 0% of them work. You will never find me like influencing <laughs> you into a natural deodorant. I will never work for native. It doesn't work. Oh, I will never work them. for like zero <laughs> blacklisting people. Good, good. <laughs> no, no. I know. I won't because it didn't work. And I guess maybe it would work if you don't perspire at all. But it, as soon as there's like a bead of sweat in my underarm i was like oh okay (laughs) right but like it's not it's It's, just not it's not where we're gonna make big changes (laughs) stick with what works (laughs) (laughs) just cut out alcohol and then you can wear the damn secret deodorant (laughs) places we never thought we would go (laughs) so we're just swapping toxins right so we remove the alcohol so we can have the deodorant of our choosing i mean we removed the alcohol so that we don't have to feel guilty about not using You're right. the natural deodorant and and that like just stinking. Oh my gosh! Wow, we really went oh on a God. journey but- for for your opener question. <laughs> that was a journey. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.